Hello and welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast, episode 73. Um, if you can subscribe to VIP YouTube, that would be a big, big help. Leave a review, even better, because they're media giant center push us further up. We got some sort of thing on Twitter the other week. Someone made us the pod of the week. Um, one of these, I don't know, someone did anyway. So that was good. Anyway, I'm Steve Lillis. With me as usual, John Evans and his familiar poster behind him. And he's, uh, is that a Washington Redskins uh, helmet behind you, John, or New oh, York this, Knicks or something? This is Chicago Bears signed by the greatest player ever, Dick Butkus. No, no, no. The greatest Chicago Bears, the fridge. And there's not even an argument, the fridge. Yeah. Um, and look, I tell you what, we're not ignoring this fella. It's the, the main man himself this week, the boss of VIP, Steve Wood. Woody, thanks for coming on. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. And I've got two days' notice for this one, so uh, I'm pepped a little bit. But you should have told me it was a pink day today and I want to bother with my shirt, Lillis. <laughs> so, Steve, before we carry on, what shows you got coming up you can tell us about next few weeks? Well, in, in May, we've just got the two. We're doing uh, Blackpool on the 14th, and then we've got a bumper show at Doncaster Races to get all the Yorkshire kids out on, on May the 28th. So... Uh, Busy June and July, and then we've got August off, so ready for the wind down. I'm feeling tired already, Steve. Yeah, that, um, that, that Blackpool show. Do you, every now and then, a small old show comes along with new kids on it. It could take off. And I've said this to you before, Steve. That Blackpool one's going to be good because you got some good lads over there, aren't you? That that yeah, area is ready to take off. And 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 do you know what the the, the good ticket sellers as well. So um, everything's falling into place. Fantastic venue. Good fighters, good ticket sellers, and there's a few uh, coming behind them as well. So, yeah, I, I think uh, we'll see Blackpool out now for a few years. Steve, what's the venue you use there in, in, in that place? Is it the Empress Ballroom you use? Yeah, it is. It's, it's unbelievable, mate. Take yeah. some filling. That's a big venue as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's adaptable. I mean, like last time for the dinner show, we put the, the tables in and then we had seats downstairs. You know, uh, this time it's just going to be normal seats and we've got a chance of opening the balconies if the tickets keep flying out like they are. How many you can fit in there, Steve, seated? Seated, we'd get something like 1,500 on the floor. Oh, really? I thought it was more than that. So I'll go, in there to that, I'll go there to a punk rock festival every year and that's the main venue and you get about 4,000 in there for a concert. Yeah, I think, I think I've been told 3,000 standing up, yeah. Is that what it is, yeah. All right, then, fellas, we'll, we'll crack on. There's a lot to talk about. Um, Woody, you know the drill. After three minutes, John gets his bell out, he rings, and that's it, and you've got to shut up. You know that, mate. Um, and, uh, well, we might, are you ready, John, to start? Yeah, yeah, ready when you are. We'll start with you, Woody, and a bit of Shakur, Shack Attack. Yeah, so I put his name down because it was going to be a question of, was he as good or is he as, as good as we've been thinking is? And, obviously, last night... Uh, my opinion, anyway, he's now gone into a, a pound, pound contender list. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic last night, uh, untouchable. And he's not like beating Mug, has he? He's beaten another world champion who was 30 and old and not lost for me. He didn't lose a second of, uh, of, of any round. He was, he was absolutely brilliant, dominating him. And, you know, he's now 16 and 0 himself. He's, I think he's been a pro for about four years. He's not been fed easy opponents and uh, I, I think obviously he's unified two of the belts here, he, he'll try and unify the whole division and looking at him and 
he seems to have long arms as well because you know it's not just his feet where he, he keeps a distance and, and uh, dominates a fight. I, I think he can go on to maybe be a champion lightweight and, and, and light well. I was just wondering if uh, you guys are as impressed of him as I am. Yeah, two-weight world champion, unified, is it, in 18 fights. Um, this could be a career, another career taking the path of a Mayweather. Already, what anything that worries me at the moment, he's already only started the last three years. He's only boxing twice a year. I hope he don't become a once-a-year man like some of these guys. He's not having a hard fight. The lightweights are on notice. Him versus John to Davis is absolutely massive. I, I, I just I don't want him, what I don't want is him to stay in busy now at Super Featherweight and just have him mandatories against the likes of Archie Sharp. That I just don't want to see. I just want to see him in big fights. Yeah, it, it, you get some fighters, don't you? In a big fight, you're wondering who's going to get their style, who's going to impose their style. You know, will Shakur be able to box him or will Valdez be able to get close? But straight from the opening bell. From the opening second, you were thinking, well, Jesus, what's Valdez going to do here? Because Shakur was just in total and utter control. He, I think he looks brilliant. And like you said, Steve, how thick he's got around his shoulders and his traps. He's he's really grown, hasn't he? He can definitely do all the way up to light welter, but looks unbeatable at Super Feather at the minute. How, how sexy is him against Javonta, though? Oh, Jesus. And Javonta, a free agent after his next yeah. fight. Yeah. It could be, let's make the fight. Yeah, that, that, that'd be a great fight. And, you know, he's not one for ducking. I remember we, we were looking at fighting him um, with Josh Waddington for the uh, the IBF featherweight title. And he'd not had 10 fights and he was, he was calling calling it out. You know, um, he, he he's going to be a, a superstar. Yeah, yeah he, he's already there. There's a, so I think, you know, he'll take that. He could become. He, he could, you know, in time. We, you know, we're looking in a crystal ball. He could be. He could become as mainstream as Mayweather. You know, he's from the East Coast as well, and he's, you know, he, you know, he's just outside Newark, isn't it? He's from so. Round two. Um, Garden Queens, of course. Uh, can't not talk about Katie Taylor, Amanda Serrano. Um, Taylor just won that on a uh, desire. Just wouldn't be denied attitude in the second half of the fight. I mean that after the fifth round was uh, monumental how she performed. I, I, mean, I don't know whether Amanda, I spoke to you earlier briefly, Woody, whether Amanda had punched herself out. Was it round seven, eight and nine? She just wasn't there at all. Um, you know what, just throwing it forward, there was a fight at Madison Square Garden, um, Kevin Kelly, Nazim Hamid. And I remember after that, Fitzroy Lodge Boxing Club in London, um, Young lads were turning up to box there on the Monday night who had never been seen before because they'd seen Naz against Kelly in a thriller. And this is the sort of fight that will inspire, I, I hope, will inspire more young, young women to take up boxing. Um, one more thing about last night. Had there been three-minute rounds, would Katie have survived round five? No, I, I don't think she would. And Serrano, yeah, she went off the edge of a cliff, didn't she, after round six for a, a good while. But... If she'd been able to cut the ring off at all in any of the, the rounds, she, she would have got Katie out last night. But I also think Katie two years ago would have boxed her head off. You know, you, you could see the difference in ability and stuff. And I think, like you said last week on this pod, Steve, Taylor slipped, hadn't she? Yeah. And, and that gave Serrano a chance. And it was probably Taylor on the way down, Serrano at a peak, and we just met at the perfect time, didn't we, to create this massive event. But... Jesus, she's got more balls than a lot of the fellas that fought on that show, hasn't she? God, that was that was just courage that last night. Yeah, and 
I think what what I didn't believe was the punching power would would be with Serrano because uh, I know Katie's only had like six stoppages out of her, her fights and the other girls had a, had a lot more, but she's been down at featherweight. And it's on less than 12 months ago, she was eight stone 12. So to, to go up to, to lightweight and still be the biggest puncher out of the two of them was uh, a bit of a surprise for me. But um, like you said, after round six, I won't say she'd gasp, but she put that much into five. And I think she still won round six. But for me, believe it or not, I, I had it a draw. But um, if we had to give it anyone, you know, because of the last four rounds the way she dug in, um, great, but yeah, I, I'd retire if I was there now, right at the top of the tree. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give her another chance. Yeah, I, I think, I think she may well do. But if they can get the fight in Ireland, a rematch, you know, surely she'd love to fight in Ireland professionally before she retires. Obviously, there's a lot that's going to happen for. Um, I should think the authorities there to allow a, a, a fight of such magnitude in Ireland, because you know that would fill a, a soccer stadium, wouldn't it? Easily, yeah. easily. But well, I wouldn't give it a chance because I think the other girls now pace herself a little bit better, go into the lightweight division and uh, she could end up going out in a loss instead of a massive win. The bell's rang, Woody. You've got to pay a forfeit there, mate. The bell <laughs> rang. I didn't hear it, fella. Sorry. You lost a point there. We're going to go to you again, Woody, to keep on the theme of last night before we right. look ahead. Liam Smith's performance. Yeah, well, again, we put... Liam Smith down like I put Shaka in because uh, we didn't know which way it was going to go. Was it going to be that it was like uh, a fight too many for, for, for Liam or would he come out uh, victorious and looking good? And after the first couple of rounds, he just dominated it and, and broke him down like he, sa he said he would. Uh, I was a bit worried after the, the first two. Uh, obviously, Vasquez said he was not a puncher and um, Fadi Vargas not a puncher um, so that probably made the difference but Liam come on and once he's in that rhythm uh, he's hard to break down and you know when you look back with his last fight with, with Fowler he's having life and death in those early downs and then uh, he come through and broke him down I'd just be very careful with, with Liam now I certainly wouldn't be putting him in with Vichalo in this world but uh, you know he showed last night that he, he, he can fight still at that level. And it'd be nice if we could find someone for him to fight for the world title, if, if there is one, uh, where where he's got a possible chance of winning it. Yeah, we, we love Liam Smith on here, don't we, Steve? One yeah, of our favourites. my favourite British fighters of, all, uh, of recent years. That that left up to the body and the uppercut are beautiful, aren't they? And I yeah, tell you he... what, you say Vargas had no power, but he's not a a world-class boxer either, is he? He's not going to outbox you. And if you can't outbox Liam and you can't hurt him, you're in for a, a horrendous you know night. And I, I was thrilled for Liam that he got a big win in America because he's, he's come short a couple of times. You know what? what a career he's had. Domest you know, he's domestically proven himself against in big domestic fights. Fowler, Williams, you know, he's proven on the world stage. Oh, that he is. Ochieng. Eric Ochieng, who was a man of matchrooms, feared man, you know, world champion, fought Canelo in front of 65,000 people. You know, it's just a shame that he's never he's never taken off in this country. You know, he's never been a huge ticket seller, nor were any of his brothers for, for some reason. They wasn't, you know, in boxing, they were they were they were A-list, but to the mainstream, and they never really took off. You know, I think like Woody said, he needs the belts to be fragmented to get another world title crack. But I don't think if anything, let him go down under, fight Tim Tazoo, some Aussie 
promoter will pay him major, major money. Uh, and I hope he gets another payday. I absolutely love him. He's been a credit to British boxing and, and he doesn't get enough credit for what, what, what he's been for, for, for in British boxing. I, I absolutely love him. Spent a lot of time with him. And he, he, he's a good man, but he's a nasty man in there. He's the sort of guy you do not mess with. Mm. Round four, John, your first topic, TV blackouts. Yeah, I don't know what to make of all this back and forth with what there was this weekend before um, Taylor and Serrano about Hearn, Eddie Hearn complaining that Sky Sports weren't promoting his show. Yet the week before, he was laughing his head off at Dillian White, wasn't promoting Frank's show. And it, it just all, none of it makes much sense to me. Um, I can perfectly understand Sky not backing, not promoting a Katie Taylor fight when they built her entire career and then all of a sudden she gets snatched away just before the two fights that are going to be actual successes and draw figures in. Um, I thought it was a little bit of brass neck, to be honest, you know, complaining about one person doing something that you've not been doing. Um, but you're involved in it, Steve, but small old promoters, they seem to be a little bit more, um, we're all in this together, you know, support each other a little bit more. But what do you think about these big promoters and big TV networks sort of blacking each other out and, and not helping each other? Yeah, I think it's the old saying, is it? When when the cap fits, it suits. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I think Ed, Eddie's coming across a little bit bitter there and nearly it was him who, who, who jumps and, and moves. So, uh, you know, he, he, he with the help of Sky, had, had built up a massive stable and then he just took it off from Sky and moved away with it and he's expecting Sky to promote his yeah. business. Don't Listen, it doesn't happen in any, any other businesses. You know, I mean, I've got an engineering business. I can't imagine myself putting stickers and my competitors on my vans as we're driving around, and uh, they're not going to do it for them as he wouldn't do for them. You know, and last night they, they were trying to sell the, uh, the the numbers of people watching the uh, Shaka Stevenson, weren't they? The, the top ranked show that was live on there. So they're not going to promote that, and uh, I don't blame them for that at all. But, you know, uh, Eddie, you know, it's like promoting the girls, yet he's doing an head-to-head with uh, Jake Paul the, the, the night before and everything like that. It, it just makes you laugh, doesn't it? You know what? I um, I get why they're doing it, but I don't agree with how Sky and BT will ignore other shows or whatever. You know what? If you think of it, Sky haven't shown um, any Champions League football for two, three years. Imagine if on Sky Sports News... They did, weren't reporting on those games. There'd be outcry. They should have reported. Look, you know what? Sometimes you have to be a bit bigger than than life itself. You know, you got you got to show. You, you know, you got to try and emerge with some credit. For Sky Sports News, a rolling news channel, you just ignore that fight all week and not have someone there. We are we were we know we're not talking Katie Taylor in a world title fight on the zone. We're talking the first ever female fight to. to headliner you know the most famous sports arena in the world it's the biggest female fight ever you you you've got to give it you've got to say to you you know the... right on to me now you got what i was saying best managed boxers are um you you have your own opinion on this and what what gave um me this idea was spike o'sullivan god bless him um He's got another chance against Aris Landy Lara for his WBA belt, May 28. And I can't think of a fighter that's had so many opportunities through being matched against, you know, he had the Antoine Douglas, was it wasn't a bad win. But 
It's just a diet of club fighters. Spikes beat in. He's kept himself very active on Twitter. But if you look against Billy Joe, Lou Eubank, Lemieux, Mungia, stops in the last three of those I mentioned. And I don't think he won around hardly. And he gets matched for a win. And he's back. I think Rob... Um, Oh, one of the guys at Golden Boy seems to look after him now, R R Roberto Diaz. And uh, what a job they're doing with him. I can't think of a fighter that's been better managed. I mean, I've got to say, well done. So I don't know how you're getting the chance, but you just got to give well done to Spike because he keeps himself in there. I mean, but how the fuck does he keep getting these chances? Someone tell me, or you give me a better managed fighter. And good luck, Spike, against Lara, because if you don't like Spike O'Sullivan, you shouldn't be working in anything. Yeah, listen, I, I'd spin that on the head. I wouldn't go about being the best managed fighter. I'd go about the worst TV promoters because uh, no way they, they should be doing that. And, you know, last night when I was sat there, I'm, I'm becoming a grumpy old man, you know, like certain things that we, we say in there is like you're watching the, the build-up for it all and then it's all about Jake Paul, who's a YouTuber, and uh, then... On the, the Shaka Stevenson, he's getting wrapped in with someone doing all this with the hands and all that. And I'm sat there thinking, listen, this isn't for me. And when you look at this, just because he's a character and he's funny and he could be a comedian, that's uh, Spike O'Sullivan. When you follow him on Twitter, some of the mad things he does, and you know, he's been given an opportunity. Not because of his boxing ability, but he's, he's a character and he'll help promote, promote the show. But he's obviously going to get filled in again and, and probably not win around, get, get a load, load of money. But what, what's good for the uh, TV promoter as in getting an audience in, in watching it and, and watching in future? And uh, as we say, you know, we want to make sure we keep as many boxing fans as, as, as we can and, and, and not lose them. But listen, I'm a grumpy old man and, and this social media seems to be taking over the, the pure art of boxing and uh, maybe uh, that's the way it's going to be in the future. Yeah, yeah, you on Spike. If, if Spike didn't have a, his twirly tash and wore tracksuits instead of them tweed suits, <laughs> he wouldn't be on them big shows, would he? But an, another one, uh, Selecki, the Polish guy, he gets <laughs> shot after shot. He's just got a fight with Charlo. I tell you what, some guys... I'd, for paying mortgages, for paying the mortgages off on three houses, not just it's one. Brilliant. Adam, you know what? It's a hard <laughs> sport, and I say good luck to him, even though I laugh about it. <laughs> John, final rounds over to you about it's a good, another good topic. You come over life without Tyson Fury. Yeah, do you know what I think? The heavyweight division needs Tyson to stay active. Um, he's become he's become bigger than the division, hasn't he? Not many fighters cross over now, and Fury. He might not have all the belts, but everybody knows Tyson Fury is the man. You know, he's the heavyweight, he's huge personality, most talented fighter, biggest draw, I think, now. Um, if he sails off into the sunset, the heavyweight division is just in limbo. Yeah, Usyk can beat Joshua, and people will call Usyk for number one. But for years, there'll be the talk, won't there, of Fury. Is he going to come back? Fury will still dominate all heavyweight talk for two, three, four years if he retires now. I think the heavyweight division needs Fury to stay. They need him to either beat Usyk, win all the belts and then retire, or they need Usyk to beat Fury so that he becomes the man. I don't think Fury can leave now until he fights the winner of his fight. I, I think the old division would suffer. I don't believe he will retire. If you're going to retire, do what Lewis did. Just give it, announce your retirement, give up your WBC belt. So I think he'll wait and see after this fight. But I do, I do think there's only one fight in him, I think he'll retire after Usyk or Joshua. Um, but if he did retire now, you look what's out there. You, you, you're still looking at 
I'll give what's your name. Deontay Wilder, Usyk, Joe Joyce, Joseph Parker, Huey Fury, Dillian White. You know, that's what you're looking at. Yeah. You know, there's nothing, yeah. you know, maybe Gassiev when he decides to have a fight yeah, again. Yeah, you know, you might even get someone like Akoli suddenly jumps up now because he fancies his chances. Hergovic, there's nothing there. But, you know, out of those, Wilder's the biggest name. You know, Joshua, yeah. of course. Yeah, I, I think my, my opinion, and when you missed Dubois out there, but Dubois, I made a sorry, little, yeah. little note of Dubois and Joyce and whatever good fighters they are, they're just not characters, are they? And if you look what... What Tyson's done and being a great character, uh, how they're going to fill that void, as, as John said, I don't know. Um, but um, I just think, personally, from Tyson's point of view, he's, uh, he's obviously a flawed character and he needs something like boxing to keep him stable. So I hope that if he does retire, that he finds something else to, to pass his time with because uh, if he's doing nothing and that, that money's burning a hole in him, um, you never know where he's going to end up. So let's hope he, he finds something or, or he does fight again. Because it is short-term. He is anyway. Um, you could have Joyce winning a belt, Usyk having two, a Coley pinching one, and, and uh, there's nothing there, is there? And everyone will still be saying, well, Fury could come back and beat them. So if the entire division will just boom, fall flat if Fury retires without without fighting Usyk or Joshua. Win or lose, there's got to be that Someone fight. always comes along. Someone always comes along. But there's nothing you can look at now. You know, you know, maybe Hergovic is the you know, one out of them that might come along and do something. But, you know, look, look at the Klitschko's. Look how long it took for them to become trendy. You know, I mean, Hergovic must only have to become a world champion for five, six years before we get the respect. The, the, the Klitschko's were just, were just names in Europe for how long? Yeah, you're right. You're dead right. Well, fellas, Woody, you've caught up with us today. We'll have to get you back on with your podcast so you can come on whenever you want. But I guess we'll have you on again in a couple of months, mate. And you know what? When you're in a couple of years, when you're a big promoter at Manchester Arena and Wembley Arena... Those words about, you know, all the dancing and rappers might come back to haunt you when Shackle Stevenson's ringing you, asking you for a job at Manchester Arena because you've got some up-and-coming lightweight who's leaving a trail of destruction and he has rappers. What are you going to do, Woody? Not let the rappers in the arena and make him come out to Sweet Caroline? You know what? I'm going to end up hiding behind the curtains while they get on with it, aren't they? Because the, the punters are always win in the end, don't they? But uh, honestly, it's not for me. I was cringing last night. What, what do you have? Paso singing him in. Shackle <laughs> yeah. Stevenson, Michael Passel singing Burning Love by Elvis. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great, wouldn't it? Miles better than the shit that he come out to last night. <laughs> what you need, what you need is some of the Jolly Boys entertainment before Shackle comes out of Manchester Arena. Uh, yeah, I'm not getting drawn into that one, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Fellas. Thanks very much indeed for today. Thanks everyone for listening and I uh, hope you've enjoyed our look back on the fights and the, the lovely tribute to Liam Smith and uh, Life Without Fury. Thanks very much, everyone. Cheers, fellas. Yeah, thanks. Bye. For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. <laughs>